Welcome to chapter 3 of Book Blether, Fact, Fiction and Fabulousness, the reading podcast from St Marian's High School in Kirkintilloch. This episode we celebrate Black History Month and Mrs McCarthy and I will be talking about the fantastic young adult fiction novel The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. We'll also be joined later by Mr McGrew, Head of PE, who will be talking to us about the books that have shaped his life. We really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this month's edition of Book Blether. This month we are going to be reviewing the book The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas and this is basically it's to basically coincide with what we're doing in school for Black History Month. Now just a bit of a warning, The Hate You Give is a very much a young adult fiction book and if you want to borrow it from the library you have to be in S3 or above. If you're in S1 and S2 and you want to borrow the book you need to have parental consent. Uh, so we just want to give that warning before we get started with the podcast today. Well, well, the first thing I want to say is congratulations, because oh. last time we recorded this, you were Miss McLeod and now you're Mrs McCarthy, yes. so congratulations. I have morphed like a Pokemon. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I keep saying to my classes. Sorry to my classes, you probably heard this joke countless times, so it's not funny in class, it's not funny now, but you know, I've not put it out to the wider world. I'm glad, I'm glad we've captured it on the, yes. on the podcast. But I'm delighted that we're talking about this book, yes. because this is a book that, it came out a couple of years yep. ago, but it's a book that's been very, very popular. Mm. And as you say, very much in keeping with what we're looking at this month. Definitely, yeah. It's so, yeah. I know I should probably have a better way of starting this off because I always go, I love this book, but I did love this book. <laughs> <laughs> I like to love it. Yeah, I just thought it was so. It was just a great, great book from start to finish. I loved the end as well. Like I finished reading it a couple of days ago, and I just. I don't know how you felt when you finished it, but I actually I felt quite sad that it was that it was over. It stayed with me a lot, and I keep thinking about it um, this week. But it's oh, a great, well, it's a sign of, a, of an yeah, excellent book. I've gone quite wordy again, trying to sum it up oh, in a single sentence. Yes. So I don't know should I get my wordy one you, out of the way with, and then it. you can nail it with being more <laughs> succinct. Well, <laughs> so I thought this is a phenomenally powerful story that illustrates the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. and how difficult it can be to stand up both to authority and yeah. to other people in your community. I like how you mentioned both parts there to authority but also to people in the community too because that is a huge part of the book as well. I feel like I kind of bumble my way through this part because I feel you're so 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 worried about mine I think sometimes. (laughs) Well I I tried to sum up in a sentence but it wasn't very good. The first thing I thought I thought I just felt this story is just so relevant considering everything that's going on in the world especially with what was happening you know last year in 2020 with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all just the countless names that we were hearing hearing about these awful awful stories about police brutality so I just feel it's so relevant and I know that this was written yeah that's so even before all this you know this book was covering the issues now and it's the sad thing is that history just kind of keeps repeating itself and these things keep happening so I felt it was really relevant For me, I summed up, I said, a thought-provoking story of a young girl standing up for what's right. And in the book, I think you see a lot of things that are just so wrong. And the main character, Star, kind of struggles to stand up for herself because she she feels she doesn't have a voice. But we do see her gain her voice, and that's what I love about her. The tagline of the book, actually, is what's the point of having a voice if you're going to be silent? I really like that because I feel like we all have a voice and we all need to speak up about things and call out injustices that we see in the world. 
So yeah, uh, that's that's why I said not as not as eloquent as you, Miss McLean. <laughs> oh no, I think you always get to the heart of the matter. And do you know I agree with you. I think Star's such an amazing character. Oh, yeah. And one of the things I like is that it's not a straightforward story of yeah. there are things wrong and she stands up right away. Yeah. It's very much it's a battle and it's yeah. a struggle for her to do it. Definitely. What are your thoughts on the title? What was your what were your instinct? I love the title. Yeah. It gets it, it gets referenced uh, through the book and it, it comes from song lyrics yeah. by the rapper Tupac, yeah. um, who was very big when I was at school. And I like the fact that there's a lot of thought in there that, that the letters spell out thug. Thug, yeah. And I remember someone coming to request a book in the library and they'd written it out on the card and I remember one of my library assistants looked at it and said, why has someone written thug mm. on the card? And it just brought in all yeah. the kind of connotations, all the associations yeah. we have for this word and and how um, that can all these assumptions then feed into what's happening mm-hmm. and why certain characters and people are getting stopped yeah. and other ones aren't. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought the title was brilliant. Yeah. I also just, I, I really like the... I really like the front cover and the side of it as well because I have this book in my class library and every time someone walked past they're like why does it say thug in your library and I'm like well actually it's a book called The Hate You Give I really like the title as well I, I like the thug the thug part as well because like you said it's a huge part of the text it's all about these kind of preconceived notions that some characters have I also think the fact that it's got the hate you give hate is obviously such a really strong word and it's pretty much sums up the central theme of the text which is prejudice and the impact of prejudice as well so I quite like that the the title pretty much sums up the essence of the essence of the book which is what I suppose what it should do but I like it I like it true but not every title seems yeah. to do that I think Angie Thomas nails it with this yeah. title yeah I quite like as well that I think we're about to go on to the next part so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm leading yeah, in sure. but we're, we're talking about a, a standout character mm-hmm. and star yeah uh, yeah that's what I wrote yeah. <laughs> I said the same thing She's so, just an amazing character. Yeah. So would you, what reason did you give for Star? Well, being? for me, um, I said I like Star because of her courage. And like you said earlier, courage doesn't come easily to her. One of the best parts in the book for me, I think it's Star's mum, Lisa, says to her that, you know, she's being so brave. But Star says, I'm not brave, I'm not brave, I don't want to do this. But her mum says something along the lines of being brave is not wanting to do something but still having the courage to do it anyway. And what I love about Star is that she really has a lot of inner tur- turmoil in her battles about what she has to do. She doesn't want to do it. She's scared. She's terrified. She's thinking about all other people. But in the end, she does stand up for what is right. And she's, she is so brave and so courageous. But I also just like the fact that she's so... There's just something so real about her. You feel... I feel like Angie Thomas has really written her really well. She's a three-dimensional person. She's, she just feels like someone that you could know if you know what I mean like she feels like someone that could walk in the yeah, library one yeah, morning and I could say hi yeah. star how you doing yeah. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. absolutely also love her humour as well like some points she made me laugh a lot like I like her little sarcastic comments that she makes at the side and things like that I love that and do you know another thing I really liked was um, that she loves the Fresh Prince of yes. Bel and yeah. the fact that that gets referenced because of course that was on TV when I was at school when yeah. I was her age yeah. uh, so it's nice to see it mentioned in yeah. a book classic so, of course a classic and there's great moments where it lightens things because it's it's really heavy going stuff and yeah. when we're talking about police brutality and assumptions and that black people are stopped more often yeah. than white people and questioned and that horrible things can yeah. happen it's really dense stuff so to have had her humor yeah. also coming through yeah. it balances i think do you know what i also love about her as well so obviously she has the bravery with what happens to her friend khalil but 
even in her personal life. She says she has two lives, so she has like her Garden Heights life, but she also has her Williamson life. Williamson is the school that, uh, that Star goes to, and it's out with her neighbourhood. I think she's one of very few people of colour in the school, so she kind of has to change who she is in order to, well, what she, she feels to fit in. But what I love about her is one of her friends, Hayley, uh, yeah, Hayley, I feel is up there with one of the characters I just really don't like. I just can't, I can't. But her friend Hayley makes racist comments and she finds her voice to stand up to Hayley. And I feel like standing up to someone who's supposed to be your friend, somebody who's supposed to have your have your back essentially, is really, really hard to do. Yet she manages to do it, which I really respect. That's true, it reminds me of that quote from Harry Potter mm -hmm. uh, about Neville standing up to yeah. his friends being much yeah. harder than having to stand yeah. up to somebody else, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But she's good. Do you have any other reasons that you like Star? Just as you say, she feels so real mm -hmm. and I like the fact that her journey's complicated yes. and that it's not straightforward and that you're so invested in mm -hmm. what's going to happen and what decisions she's going to make because you realise that the decision she makes is going to impact the lives mm -hmm. of a lot of people. Yeah. When I finished the book, I felt I felt a bit lost because yeah. I'd felt like I'd been in this world with her. Mm -hmm. So even hearing, you know, Garden Heights and hearing her mum's name and her wee brother, Sakani, oh, is yeah. just amazing. He's great <laughs> I love comic him. relief. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's so funny. He's a brilliant yeah. character. Actually, a wee side note, I actually really like her older brother, Seven. I think Seven is great. And he has a very complicated home life as well. But I feel he kind of goes through a journey as well. And I like to think that he will come out yeah, well, I think he comes. He'll come out the other side, and he's gonna do. He's gonna do okay. He's gonna do better. So I was glad with that because I liked. I liked Seven. I feel like he's a great, great character in there too. That's true. Star's not the only one that goes on a journey. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to see the kind of supporting characters yeah. do the same. I have to say that most of the supporting characters, bar Haley, <laughs> were great. I love her family. That was one of the things that kind of stood out to me. I, I know we always talk about standout moments, but one of the standout moments for me. This sounds really probably silly considering all the really dramatic things that happen but one of the nicest parts for me that I really enjoyed reading was Seven's party after he graduates and I just loved reading the descriptions about the family and everyone like dancing together and having a laugh and having fun and it, again it just felt really real like that you, you felt like you were there with them so I really like that moment of, of the text. Um, what about what's, what's the standout moment for you Miss McLean? Oh, probably one of the standout moments for me is quite a dramatic one. Very difficult to say what it is without giving away spoilers, yeah. but it's when a character we don't expect to picks up a gun. <gasps> yes. And yeah. that moment was really shocking because it made you aware of how much characters are observing and mm -hmm. absorbing by how other people yeah. are talking and what gets listened to, mm -hmm. what what do people respond to. Mm -hmm. So as I say, I can't say too much more without yeah. spoiling it, yeah. but that I found that a powerful moment in, yeah. in the book. It was a quite an affecting reading experience. I think as well, I think because we are in the UK and we don't have the same, the UK doesn't have the same relationship with guns, I think maybe, I feel it's a wee bit more shocking for us because we're, we're so not, we're not used to gun culture at all, it's mm -hmm. not something that we we experienced, kind of got, got me to that one. Did you have a similar moment where you were? <laughs> um, mine, so I always had the nice moment but the one for me, back to Hayley, sorry I keep coming back to her, <laughs> but there's one moment with Haley when she makes her racist comment and I just found it so jarring because it came out of nowhere there was no need for it and it was just awful but the worst part for me was that she just didn't get why it was problematic she didn't even think about how you know Star would feel how other people of colour would feel if they heard that comment she just didn't care so that moment for me was really quite shocking for somebody who's supposed to be her friend to say something like that the words were problematic but her reaction and defending what she's saying it was just a joke I really that's one thing that always really gets to me when people try to 
sort of justify bad bad words or bad behaviour by just saying it's just a joke. Well, no, you can't. You can't say it's just a joke. Like you can't say these things and pass off as humour. That's not how it works. And I think one thing I feel like I've taken from this text is that we need to think about how we speak and we need to think about our words and how words are going to affect people. I also think as well with regards to making like kind of comments and, and thinking about how you speak. There's one part, so Star, Star's boyfriend, Chris, he asks, at the, at the end he asks, do you remember the bit where he asks kind of questions about names and things like mm-hmm, that? Yeah. That was another moment for me that I thought I was really, like, ooh. But the one thing, I feel there's a difference between Chris and Haley because I feel Chris was trying to maybe understand things a bit more and was thinking about how he spoke and kind of realised that what he said was wrong. And so he's learned from it and has grown from it in a way, whereas Haley did not. You know that's that's a great point because the, the here's the everyday actions that we can mm-hmm. all take. Yeah. Because if you hear a comment, what do you do? Yeah. And it's the as you say when people laugh off and say it's a joke, yeah. you're not looking at the intention and you're not uh-huh. you're not solving the problems. Yeah, exactly. And I think we do need to think about how we speak because we need to be aware of what's going on or how other people might feel, have a bit of sensitivity and things like that. So I think that's a one. I think that's one thing she does really well with this text, showing how different people react to being called out for comments that are that are racist or insensitive. So it's good to see the different reactions of how how different people act. That's true because everyone can make a mistake, yeah. but it's about what you do after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't believe we're at the end. I think we're at the wild card oh, yeah, uh, yeah. moment, which is always one of my favourite yes. ones. Would you like to kick off, Miss uh, McCarthy? So I think for wild card for me. I think I quite like history, I like reading about things that have happened in the past. I really, one of the things I liked about this text was the references to black history. So there was lots of references to Black Panthers and Malcolm X as well, names that we've all heard before, but it was also great to kind of read a bit more about them because I feel sometimes when you read books or watch watch documentaries, sometimes it's just kind of glossed over, but whereas we heard a little bit more about them, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. What about you? My favourite bit is actually to do with the film. I feel a bit guilty saying that, <laughs> but Angie Thomas, the rights to the film oh. were, was was sold before mm-hmm. the the book was published. They were kind of made in tandem, oh, and the author Angie Thomas was very involved in the film and made a cameo appearance in it, which is no one of my favourite facts. So there's a <laughs> protest scene quite near the mm-hmm. end, and she she appears as one of the people in the in the crowd, which amazing. was am- an amazing moment. I remember taking some library assistants to go and see a screening mm-hmm. of the film. And it was a brilliant moment to be able to see that's the there author right there. <laughs> and um, I found this quotation I was when I was reading up around how she was involved with the film. She talked about she sees the book and the film as being like fraternal twins. And right. I love that description. A I'm a fraternal twin, so right. I'm not identical, but I'm you know very close mm-hmm. to my twin sister. So she says it's like they're very very similar, but they don't they're not exactly mm-hmm. the same. And she she described it as being like raised in a parent trap situation, so like the film Parent Trap, <laughs> uh, where they're raised by two different parents. So she she talks about the book version of The Hate You Give is raised by my publisher, and the film version is raised by the mo- movie studio. They they parent their kids differently. Their kids are different, and they might look different, but they still share mm-hmm. genetics. And that as the author, I'm like the grandparent rooting for mm-hmm. both kids. And I like that because oh, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people think, oh, you either have to like the book or mm-hmm. the film, and there's no no middle yeah. ground. But I like the fact that she says, well. You know they both share so yeah. much, but you can like both of them, and yeah. there'll be differences. 
Well, I have to say, I haven't seen the film, but I will be watching it. I will go. <laughs> I will watch the film. I also think, is there another book? So she has got another novel uh, on the come up. Have you read on the come up? I haven't read it. No, I think its um, main character is in, interested in hip hop as a form ah. of expression. Mm-hmm. So it's very rooted in music. Mm-hmm. But there is another book that is related to the hate you give. Concrete Rose came out this year, right. and it's almost a prequel, and it focuses on Star's father, Maverick. Oh yeah. Yeah. and looks at how mm-hmm. he got to be where he is by the time we come to The Hate You Give. That is one thing I actually really liked, Star's dad. I thought he was great. Like, I just, yeah, a really, really good, great character. I also, I loved her mum. Oh. <laughs> I just, see, every time that she spoke, I could just I could just imagine what her voice was like. I love the fact that she was just so strong and really confident um, and didn't take any nonsense from her children. And I think Star descri- describes it as a dictatorship at some points. And I feel, yeah, I feel it definitely came across that way. But you knew that everything that she was doing was from a place of love and from her care and things like that. So, you know, you can't blame her. But I always loved her. Um, I thought she was great. I can't wait to see who plays her in the film. <laughs> quite excited I need to that. hear from, hear from yeah. you after you've yeah. seen that. Yeah. I'm assuming The Hate You Give is somewhere in the library. It's in my class library too, if you ever want to borrow it. A really, really good book. And I think it's something that I think we all should read. I think I probably said that about... I've probably said that about... I said that about Whitebird. But I think given... Given the way the world is just now and everything that's been happening, I think it's really eye-opening. I think if more people know about it, we're more likely to inspire change. Hopefully that's not a naive way of looking at it, but I hope that more more awareness that you have of issues that are going on in the world, more likely that change will be, change will come. Exactly, and it's about the fact that so much of this is news to, mm-hmm. to a lot of readers. Yeah. It's about when you share the stories, when people know, that's when change can happen so it's really important to do so I would definitely recommend the book well thank you very thank you very much Miss Flynn oh we have another desperate plea for a jingle we are in dire need of a jingle okay all podcasts have a jingle and we do not have one so if you have an idea for a jingle please come and see us and we will try and figure it a way to make this jingle happen but we'd love to have a jingle to start off the podcast so if you have ideas come see me Mrs McCarthy or Miss McLean in the library and hopefully we will have a jingle for next time. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> We're delighted to be joined today by Mr. McGrew from the PE department. You're so welcome. Mrs. McCarthy and I will be quizzing him. Hi everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be quizzing him on the books that have shaped him. So I think uh, Mrs. McCarthy, you have our first yes. question. Uh, so what are you currently reading just now? Okay, so this is quite an interesting thing. I hope I'm allowed to, I hope this is allowed. I think it's allowed in the reading world. I think it's an important thing. I don't read a book at a time. Mm-hmm. I tend to read two or three. And I think that's just because it captures my interest and therefore I don't have to read for a long period of time mm. on the one thing. Yeah. So I'm currently reading two books, one of which is a book called Relentless, which is The Secrets of the Sporting Elite by Alistair Brownlee. So this guy's one of the Brownlee twins. You might have heard of those guys. They're triathletes. Oh, yeah. They're Olympic gold and oh, silver medalists. I know who you're talking about. So, yeah, that's, it's quite an interesting book because... If I'm honest, it's very, very extreme in terms of their level of training, their level of recovery and their mentality for the sport that they do, which is a really extreme sport. And reading it, it's actually quite a bit scary. I think it's like, as a PE teacher, I'm a bit frightened by their level of 
dedication. Mm. Like I think I'm clearly not doing enough if that's what he's <laughs> got. But I think it's important to note that these guys are in a whole other. Definitely. But it's great to see that there's people with that mindset as mm. well, and to read about that and to realise where you know you can kind of take the human body, I suppose. So that's why I find it a wee bit interesting. And the other one is actually quite, I think, an important book by a former pupil of ours. So this is a guy who was in my year at school, a guy called James McInerney, who has just released a book called Class Rules, and it's a book about the truth about Scottish schools. I started reading the other day, my copy just arrived, and I have to give him a wee shout out, because he is, he is a friend of mine, but at the same time, I think he's been very brave in what he's done. Mm-hmm because he's trying to kind of take on all of the things that we have probably found very frustrating over the, the last few years in education, and he's not afraid to put himself out there and really just lay it on the line. So I, I actually think it's quite an important book, and I would urge everyone to read it. Mm. And it's great that it's came from one of our own. There we go. I know that's our second author from school, so we have, what, Teresa Breslin as that's well? That's right. Yeah. So there we go, so another there you one go. to add. Now, I was actually in James's English class, and it's not a surprise to me that he is now an author because he was fantastic. Mrs Sheridan was a teacher. There you go. Oh, there you are. So you said that you you read more than one book at a time. Yeah. Does that kind of just depend on your mood or what you're feeling or what what what, yeah. what makes you want to read more than one book? So as I said before, I think this is quite interesting because I probably thought I wasn't a very good reader mm-hmm. when I. I believed that I had to read a book at a time. I, I don't know where I got that from, but mm-hmm. I just thought that's the way it is. And I, I can't remember, I think I listened to something about somebody who basically said they read two or three books at a time, and I thought, well, that's, I suppose you watch two or three different TV programmes, yeah, you know, things like that. So I thought I'm going to try that, mm-hmm. and it really worked for me. I was able to then be much more consistent with mm-hmm. my reading because I was more interested, you know. So yeah. I, I think I probably... I wouldn't say I've got a low attention span, but I, I kind of get bored easily. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, get, I, get, I get bored easy. So even even something that I'm really interested in, I will get to a point where I need to put it down. And then it's quite nice to just go mm-hmm. to something else, which is totally yeah. different. Yeah. Um, so it really works for me. It really works. Are you like that, Miss McLean? Do you read more than one book at a time? Do you know, I do, but I get quite easily confused. I'm not as good as other people at keeping <laughs> things straight. But I, one of my favourite stories was I knew someone who lived in a house with two landings and they had an upstairs book and a downstairs oh, book wow. I like that. <laughs> because they were fed up with leaving their book at opposite ends of the well, house. Well that's quite interesting that you say that because I do have a book that I leave next to my bed mm-hmm. and that's the book I'll read in bed and then I leave some downstairs. Oh there we go. Mm-hmm. Same so I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Yes. There you go. <laughs> like, I quite like the upstairs book and downstairs book. I quite like that. I, feel like I, I, I think it's one of, I kind of am a bit like, I don't want to read anything too heavy when I'm going to my bed at night. Mm-hmm. Because then it just makes me a bit more active when you're trying to wind down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I try and keep a kind of lighter book yeah. next so to my bed. Probably not reading about the Brownlee twins then. No, time. that's, a bit, that's <laughs> yeah. a bit too intense. That, that, that That's for the morning. That's for to get you focused for the day. That's it, yeah. What about uh, a book that changed your life? So this is, I'm afraid, going to sound a bit cliche, but I have to be honest about this. Obviously, I'm a PE teacher and, and, you know, health and fitness is important to me, but I read a book, and it was actually not too long ago, it was the start of the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was a very difficult time for everybody, we didn't know what was happening. And it was actually a guy who worked as a janitor in here, gave me this book. He was he told me he was into ultramarathon running, and I've always thought these guys are mad, you know, to run the distances they're on. And 
and he said well let me get you this book and you might change your mind so I, I didn't really think much of it he gave me this book it's called survival of the fittest and it's by a doctor called mike stroud he's also a bit of an adventurer he's done all sorts of things across the world he's done desert marathons he's he's famous for doing seven marathons on seven continents in seven days <laughs> and his his thing though is that he says he is a very average runner and he is an average person in terms of his fitness he's not elite like the brown lee brothers mm -hmm. he's just an average guy and what he tries to portray in the book is not only sort of mentally but physiologically why humans are designed to run mm -hmm. it was actually that part of the book that i would say changed my life because he basically tells you about how his humans were designed to move which i found very interesting because obviously i'm a pe teacher but he goes on to explain it physiologically in an evolutionary sense why we're that way and it really got me into running which came at a very important time because obviously we were in lockdown yeah. there wasn't much to do and I basically went from someone who occasionally would run to quite serious about it all and ended up you know doing things with running that I never thought I would be able to do and I actually spoke about that when I was on the podcast with Mr Hughes mm -hmm. and, and Mr Craig but it was it was a really a really pivotal thing because it, it gave me a focus during a time that I thought would have been a bit difficult for me mm -hmm. when there wasn't mm -hmm. much to do but I just thought it was amazing what I was able to achieve and it really came for this book and it came from that part about him describing how your body's actually kind of meant to do these things and that came from a recommendation from it did it came from a chance thing from just talking to the janitor in this school yeah. who basically said to me oh i'm into this and this is why i'm into it and please read this book and i promise you and he was right and i was very very skeptical about the book you know i would have to say that mm -hmm. I was sceptical about him. I thought these marathon runners were mad. <laughs> Mrs. Kerr tells me quite often about her ultra-marathon running. And I just think, oof, every time she tells me, I think, but now I have such a newfound respect for her. Mm -hmm. I'd like to quote her because she gave me an amazing quote about it. So, you know, I'm not quite at her level in terms of I've never done the distances she's mm -hmm. done. And what she said to me is, she said, if you run long distance and you get up to about a marathon level, which is where the furthest I've kind of run, she said, you, you get inside your head. But she said, if you go beyond that, you, you get to look inside your soul. Oh, and I, thought, oh, I love that. That's I thought, wow, that's... <laughs> that should go on a wall. It's, <laughs> it's pretty incredible, good. isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, that's an incentive so, to keep keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So that was pretty good. Wow. I, I Just a, a side question. I've yep. noticed that some of the books you've mentioned, based on kind of real-life experiences, do you mm -hmm. prefer to read about what people have gone through compared to, like, fiction? And yeah. you, know, you prefer that? What makes yeah. you prefer that? I don't know. I guess I like factual things. Mm -hmm. And I've tried really hard to like fiction more. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to talk to Mr. Clark all the time. Mm -hmm. because again, he's an old teacher of mine in, in this school. And I used to say, I'm really trying hard. Can, can you help me? And he did, you know, you know, he would he would give me the, a book here and there that I, I would kind of get into. But I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just that thing. I've always had a bit of this thing since my days in school that something needs to be real to me for yeah. me to be interested in it, yeah. if you know what I mean. So when I know it's factual and it's maybe happened, mm -hmm. or it can affect my life in a way, yeah. not that fiction, not no. that, that it can't, mm -hmm. but you know what I mean, I yeah. just, I just, yeah, it just appeals to me more. 
I think that's a good thing to point out, though, because I think when a lot of people, you know, come to the library or come to me as an English teacher saying, I don't know what to read, I think they just automatically assume that you can just read fiction. It has to be made up stories. But yeah. I find I love reading real life stories as well. Like one of my favourite books is um, Touching the Void, which is about the guy, Joe... I can't remember his surname, that's terrible, but he climbed a mountain in, or a series of mountains, I think it was in the, was it the Andes, I think it was, okay. and uh, ended up, had this horrendous accident, he got caught in bad weather, his friend basically had to cut off the rope and he fell and he broke oh, both right. his legs, but he, he survived and he managed to get down to the bottom of the, the mountain, so I quite like reading about real life yeah. things as well, I like a bit of both, I, I'm kind of with you, I like the real life aspect yeah. of it it's amazing it, like, especially I love that it's a great book was it Joe I need to look up his name but it's, it's so good I think I, it strikes a chord doesn't yeah. it when it's something like that and then you can maybe apply it to your life in some yeah. way maybe that's why it appeals mm -hmm. absolutely I'm delighted to hear it because yeah. that's one of the questions I've been asking all the first year classes mm. this year is can you read non-fiction for fun and it's mm. been brilliant to see mm -hmm. more of them this year than ever saying yes you can yeah, yeah brilliant which is great so hopefully we'll see more of that yeah excellent Okay, right, so now on to something else. So you say you read a lot of, a lot of books at the one time, but is there any one particular book that you couldn't finish? Yes. So this was a book that I'd heard a lot about, and a lot of people had told me how this book can be life-changing. So I guess I'm probably kind of that ilk. I like to read books that are going to have an impact, mm -hmm. as, we're, as we're just discussing. So it's Ulysses by James Joyce. <laughs> First of all, it's massive. Yeah. Like, it's so big. And I've just, I've tried so many times. I've even tried things like not starting at the beginning mm -hmm. reading sections of it I must say that I, it, it's such a complex book mm -hmm. that maybe I just don't understand and maybe one day I'll get there because people tend to say that once you get it, mm -hmm. it it really is life changing but I just have never been able, never <laughs> been able to, <laughs> to read probably any more than about 10 pages at a time and yeah. I'm just like wow I don't know if I know anyone who has. Have you finished it, Ulysses? Before? I have, but <gasps> I have to put an asterisk in that and say it was on the reading list at university. That's why right. I, I finished it. Yeah. Right. And I have tried and tried to understand it. So I have finished it, yeah. but I can't say I'm any closer to understanding it. But one of the best bits of advice I ever got about that book was you need to remember it's one man going about his day yes. in Dublin. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you've got to hold, but it's so full of like classical illusions and mm -hmm. all this. It, it, it's, it, I just found myself, if I'm really honest, going back over pages over and over again and I like to read quite quickly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and so I started to find that very frustrating because I couldn't really understand and, and I think that that must be part of it that you don't and you kind of have to let go mm -hmm. and maybe that's my problem finished it either if I'm honest mm. which is terrible Hang on. don't don't, don't <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit that but I read it when I was at university and I went to university straight after school and I read it when I was quite young mm. so I reckon if I went back now I probably would enjoy it more so well this is it isn't it yeah. and this is the things you hear about it I think there, there's maybe a time in your life yeah or you know maybe moments in your life where mm. things happen that maybe it's that kind of book that if you go to it at that point, it maybe strikes a chord. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's so powerful. Yeah. But I'm afraid to say I've, I've not got there yet. But I will like, keep. I will keep trying. Yes. <laughs> I, I won't give up. That's the thing as well. You can always go back to books. Like there are so many books that I have on my shelf that I'm like, I'm going to go back to that one. And yeah. again, I think it's as you get older, you get you're a bit more patient. And I find that I've got a lot more patience for books that I found quite inaccessible when I was younger. So you can always go back to them. That's yeah. it. You can always try them later. Yeah, just waiting for the right time. Well, yes, I'll exactly. take comfort in that. Yes. I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. <laughs> Now onto something a bit more positive. So if you were to give someone a gift, what book would you give them? So this is easy for me. And, you know, I've spoke about a book before that changed my life, but 
I suppose these are two different things. That's why I like these, mm. you know, two different questions that you've given me there. This one is easy for me. It's a book called The Lessons of History by Will and Ariel Durant. It's an incredible book. It's not long. It's very short. And I think I'm right in saying it was published in either the 40s or the 50s. And if you read that today, it is unbelievable how much it will strike a chord about modern day. And I just think that's amazing. I also think the, the authors do an incredible job of summing up huge historical events from when the world started to now in such a succinct manner. I just think it's a mind-blowing book. And I have gifted that book to a lot of people and I've never had anybody come back to me and say, you know, I've not enjoyed it or I've not learned something from it. So, yeah, I really, really like that book. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to gift you both okay. that book. There <laughs> okay. you go. You, ne- you, need, you need to read it. It just it's, it's not big at all. It's mm-hmm. a very short book. And they just go through a number of things that and things that we know as life, a number of topics, and they kind of summarise them for you from the start of history to now. And they tell you about the lessons that they tell us. So essentially what they're trying to say is that we, we learn from what's happened in the past and we're able to predict the future because of things. So nothing's new and all this... Mm-hmm. has all happened before type idea but it's just amazing the way they do it you, you would genuinely do it, I would think anyway and think it had been written yesterday mm-hmm. and I think that's the best thing about it mm-hmm. so it's quite powerful yeah very powerful book mm-hmm. I'll get you both a coffee well, thank, well, thank you very much well, no the first gift offer no amazing <laughs> well so right last but not least I feel yep. we need to end with this what would you say is your favourite book okay so it's a really hard choice because obviously you know we're talking about books that you feel have an impact on you, books that you would gift to people, and that is the wonder of books, isn't it? I mean, I just, you never get tired of mm-hmm. So it's hard to pin one down. But, and again, it maybe goes to that thing about times in your life, but if I was to say there's a book right now that I had to choose above all else, it would be The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Mm-hmm. That has been the best book I think I've ever read. It's just the story of the book. You know, this uh, young man who goes searching for this thing that he thinks is out there, this treasure that's going to change his life. And he goes on this journey and he meets so many hardships and so on and so on. And then, to cut a long story short, ultimately everything was right in front of him from the beginning. It was there for him. He just didn't know it. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can apply that to so many things in Mm -hmm. life. So I just loved it. I I just, it probably was one of those books where... I find it very difficult, and the reason I would have to choose it as my my favourite book, I find it really difficult to finish in one go, Mm -hmm. or to have the focus to, you know, as I said, I like to read a number at a time, but I read that from start to finish. Nice. Yeah. And I I just, I couldn't put the book down, Mm -hmm. you know, and and nothing else mattered than finishing that book, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Um, but when a book has that effect on you, it's great. Like you just, you just really want to. You just feel like absorbed in the story. And you just want to keep yeah. going and keep reading. I, I just think it's wonderful. If you know what I mean, it's full of wonderful moments in every page. So you're so engaged and everything. Mm-hmm. I just found it a really amazing story, and I think a, a brilliant message. And I love, I love the way it ends. A lot of people speak about it and say, "Oh, it's a terrible ending." Mm-hmm. Because they want them to find the magical thing, but that's actually the magic in it. Mm-hmm. Things are right in front of your face, and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the moment. Appreciate the here and now. That's, that's what I think really the message is. You know. Can I ask just how you sure. discovered that book? Do you know, it was just through. I listened to a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. just loads of different things about a range of things. I think it was a. I think it was the Tim Ferriss podcast. He tends to ask people 
So he's a kind of lifestyle podcast, but he always asks his guests if you were to recommend sort of two or three books, what would it be? And I kind of pay attention to that. If I, if I like the sound of something, I'll maybe go away. And I think it was there that I heard that and I just went and bought the book. Mm. And yeah, I thought it was great. Nice. Have any of you guys read it? I know that's no, one of the I know, ones I know. <laughs> right. this, is, this is what I loved about doing this podcast yeah. like we get so many recommendations yeah. from speaking to people but it's great it's just it's great to hear about different stories and different different recommendations because whenever I go to buy a book especially if I go to Waterstones I'm like what do I read because there's yeah. so much so it's great to hear some recommendations just I like hearing what other people like as well that's a brilliant book. Like it makes me smile even thinking about oh, it. Just a, it's just one of these stories, you know, when you yeah. just you just read it, you're just heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good that's one. Yeah, a good thing to finish on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mr. Murray. No problem. Yeah. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you very much. Do you know what, what I love about this as well? Is your reading list is so diverse. Like, there's so, <laughs> so a bit of history, a bit of, you know, yeah. biography and things like that. I really like that. So. Well, I think we need to educate ourselves. That's what it is. I, I, I speak to you about, a lot about this, Miss McLean, about how books are the key to improving your education. I really believe in that. And I wish I had known that younger. Mm -hmm. So if people are listening, please read books. I feel that's the best best way to finish. Absolutely. (laughs) Please read books. Absolutely. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's great. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Book Leather. We hope you enjoyed it. And until next month, keep sharing stories.